Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Ed Hip. And I'm Sincerely Jasmine, and you are now tuned in to Cultural Behavior on, on Water Ice Radio. Hey, y'all. I'm Sincerely Jasmine, and you are now tuned in to Cultural Behavior. And I'm your boy, Ed Hip, and we're sitting here with Rashad Lambert. And today we'll get into so many different conversations about entrepreneurship and, and just being a creative in the industry right now. But first and foremost, this is our first episode. I'm so excited. I'm super excited to have Rashad here. I'm super excited to be starting this. Um, so how y'all feel this today? I'm excited. Like, I'm, I'm really excited just because we have someone like Rashad here. Um, being as though it's, it's kind of funny that before we even like got to this point, we were talking about people that we wanted to sit down with, right. and he actually came up in conversation. Remember, yep. and we were discussing him, and like, yo, we have to reach out. We didn't know we was gonna actually be here, right. so it's kind of dope that we right here with you. Yeah, bro. it's crazy how the blueprint all came together. So he definitely was one of our like perspective guests, um, and then full circle, like the way the universe works is so weird. A few weeks later, um, and me and Ed had no idea that we were both doing this. We both applied for Forbes the Right, Obviously, right. we'll get more detail <laughs> down the line. Right. Um, so, literally, like we both get accepted into Forbes of Culture the same day. We go into the you know, inducted into the chat, and I'm like, "Oh, hey, bro!" Like, <laughs> right, right, and right. We're literally planning for this podcast as this is happening, right. and it just made so much sense to reach out to Rashad. And it felt so much more appropriate to have him as like the first guest, yes. you know, because now as we are walking into like a room with new people and the chat, which is like very exciting, right. You know, now we have, like, the perspective on, like, the brains behind everything. Right. You know, so now he can, like, tell us from the other side of things what it was like with us coming in the group and the millions of other people that was in that group. Definitely, you know definitely. I mean? So we're super happy to have you here. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're a man of many trades. Like, tell us about all the things that you do. Sure, sure. So first, I want to say um, congratulations on, on your first episode. Thanks. It's a lot of pressure. I didn't know I was going to be the first guest. Right. I thought I was like, like, we literally just sat down and told him. He's like, oh. This like, oh. <laughs> I wasn't aware. I would have brought a gift or something. I don't know. <laughs> thank nah, you, bro. though. Thank but, you. Um, you. Your presence but, um, is a gift. We're happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, um. I definitely appreciate that. I gotta uh, write that one down. My presence. Is, <laughs> yeah, Can we quote it. this? Yeah, got it. Um, so I am, I am a Rashad Lambert, as they said. I am the uh, uh, founder of of uh, Forbes of Culture, as well as a Sporty Marketing Group, uh, TL Marketing Solutions, and uh, Cerebellum H two O. And I'll stop there because this could go on. But Sheesh. Um, no, keep it going. <laughs> Tell us everything. I am. I am happy proud ecstatic to uh be um, celebrating my uh, my 10th year in in a uh, business Ooh. um in june is my actual anniversary but wow. i mean it is on february so it's black right. history month and all that so congratulations this new black history yes sir because man most businesses don't uh, don't make it 10 years especially not like a minority businesses right uh the the uh the statistic is they last two to three years and wow. three to five years is like the maximum so I, um, oh wow! I uh, doubled that beat statistic. Now I just gotta live past forty, and, and we all you know, right. we all the way there. <laughs> right, we're setting uh, records. That's crazy. Ten years. So, yeah. like, tell us a little bit about ten years is a long time. And I know ten years that ago, journey, I had no idea about being an entrepreneur or taking that leap of faith. Like, mm -hmm. what really got you started to actually start your own business? Um, so what got me started? As an adult was I worked in corporate America and I realized that there was a glass ceiling above my head that or Definitely. more like 
I say glass ceiling, but I don't like to really use that because I know another group of people kind of uh, uh, kind of use that as their metaphor. Mm-hmm. I-, I like to like relate it to my people. So, um, oh, y'all watch Martin before? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> so <episode>. there is <laughs> there is uh, this episode of Martin where uh, where, where man is is I'm describing <laughs> a dream to Martin uh, that he had, and there was a glass refrigerator. And it was full of sandwiches. Oh. And it was locked. <laughs> and he just couldn't, couldn't get in get the refrigerator. Yeah, he just couldn't. Yeah. And he said he just sat there and cried. <laughs> well, but that's but that's kind of how I felt going to work every day. Like I felt like I was looking at a glass refrigerator right. full of sandwiches. Right. But I didn't have no I didn't have the key. I didn't have right. I didn't know how to pick the lock. I, I couldn't get through. And I was stagnant and I was hungry. Mm. And I had to figure out a, like uh, figure out another way to eat. Um, and one of uh, of uh, my mentors when uh, uh, when I was there, I don't know if she want me to say her name, so but shout out to her. Uh, she put me on to something called um, Six Sigma. So it's a uh, it's a, a business process improvement uh, uh, methodology. Okay. It was it was developed by uh, uh, Xerox in the early seventies, late eighties. I mean, yeah, mid seventies, late eighties. Mm-hmm. And, and people know Xerox for like right. making a paper, paper and all that right. stuff, but. Right. But uh, uh, but um, Xerox is big is big on supply chain, and that wasn't their like first product. They had, they had a whole other line mm-hmm. of product, just like um, Verizon was right. Bell Atlantic, and they used to be right. like railroad and all that. I mean, these businesses have grown over time. Mm-hmm. So uh, with supply chain, uh, what Six Sigma is 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 a strategy uh, to uh, minimize um, defects per million. So if you were to do uh, this podcast uh, by your millionth episode, you're gonna have it down pat, and you'll make improvements right. each episode based on. You know things that that right. that you, you you see that go right or wrong. Right. So that's so I um and it's a trade. It's like a uh, I mean a business uh, martial art. So it so it comes in belts. It's, it's like white, yellow, and then oh, green wow. and black. So I got my green belt while I was still in corporate America, and they paid for it. Shout out to them. Um, and then I got my black belt once I was finished. And then when you have a black belt, it, it, you're able to teach. Okay. So I was able to teach Six Sigma uh, from there. And when I started my business in '09, um, it was it was just a marketing company. And then by 2012 is when I had my black belt. And that's when I changed it uh, to a sporty marketing group, and we became the first um, Six Sigma. Uh, uh, oh, excuse me, uh, the first um, Six Sigma uh, uh, marketing company in, oh, wow. in the world. So, oh that's, wow, that's major. That's that's and, crazy. And right here from Philadelphia, you know, like yeah, West the, Philadelphia, born to be here. exact. You know oh, what I wow. mean? Like, what high school you went to? I went to Bartram. Okay. Um. So I want. I'm sorry. Like I want you to Bartram elaborate. Motivation. Sorry. Shout out to motivation. Brave. Shout, shout out to Braves. Bartram. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know a little bit. Like, and this is like yeah. we like five minutes in. This is so insightful. Yeah, I want to know a little bit more about this Six Sigma thing. Okay. Like, because like sure. I work in corporate, mm-hmm. and I, I totally understand the aspect of that glass ceiling that mm-hmm. that you're describing and that feeling of feeling like you you just like where do I go? Mm-hmm. Um. Absolutely. So like, but that's not a. a a term that I've heard of before, or like mm-hmm. a idea that I've heard of before. Right. So, so, so a Six Sigma is used mostly in, um, in, 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 in a project management. Okay. So when you are, are, uh, you're managing uh, multiple people. So I can just give you an example. It might, it might help explain it better. So one of the first, um, uh, the first uh, Six Sigma projects that I worked on was for a company. I don't know, let's see, this is 
no, my uh, my NDA didn't expire yet. So it was with a company, um, and the problem was that they had a call center, mm-hmm. and the call center. So I got to give you a little bit of backstory too. So a part of my eight year journey through corporate America is I worked pretty much every job that you could think of, and one of those jobs was in a call center. Okay. And while I was in that call center. I felt like I was really trapped. This was before I even had in, you know, most uh, most of my newer entrepreneurial thoughts. I mm-hmm. just was trying to go from job to job to job, and right. I was going with whoever check. paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was chasing the check, um, and I couldn't understand why I was there. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, how did I end up here? Like, I'm I'm way too smart to be like answering phones for right. uh, uh, for some company that right. I've never even been to. So so fast forward when I got this uh this a uh, newer position it was a much different position i was working in like a management level i was right under the c-suite so i was uh uh working with one one That's of a the crazy VPs upgrade and, right, right. as an assistant director i mean it was some uh, some years in between right. um because after that is when i went and uh and i worked at um, temple shout out to you but in this particular company in their call center their uh, their issue was like a quality issue and they mm-hmm. were trying to figure out why is it that the call quality is like declining rapidly? So call centers work in t- two different ways. There's like, you, you can hire a call center. Right. So you can and hire some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can outsource, which like most of the people, if you call any company mm-hmm. is usually It'll like, yeah, they like outsource. Asia or India. Third party. But mm-hmm. at this particular time, they still had a in-house call center okay. also. Okay. And the average uh, time frame that people had worked in that call center well it was like 15 years mm. wow uh what's the longest you ever had a job definitely just, not 15 years like but five, i just six years. i just six quit years. my like long longest term job and it was and like was three years About three, three and a half years if you work a job for 15 years you literally know everything right. about anything right. that you can do but you also know how to work the system right to your benefit right so there was two problems that i had to figure out i had to figure out why the internal call center wasn't performing well and i had to figure out why the external call center wasn't performing right. well now mm-hmm. because i had already worked in both it kind of like clicked at that moment like oh this is why I had that job because right. in the future I have to solve a problem that that I was a part of mm. so the problem with the with the external call center was that they don't pay these people enough and they're all temps so they so uh, they have no vested interest in the success of this company wow. and the problem with the internal call center was that they've been there for too long and they know how to work the system so right. uh, they know how to put a call on hold go on break go to the bathroom right. <laughs> come back and, and you mm-hmm. know so so that was kind of the issue but how I figured that out was using a Six Sigma methodology okay. it was going through a whole different set of systems mm-hmm. and and you uh, it's like meeting after meeting after the meeting is really what it is because you have to talk to the people mm-hmm. and really get an idea right. and then you can uh, look at the data and look at if it matches against what uh, what they're saying basically um and, and there's a lot of different i mean it could get really boring if i if i start <laughs> explaining like how how detailed it gets right, but right. um uh, there's one system that i'll share it's called a sipop so uh, that's an acronym it's a uh, it's a suppliers inputs uh providers wait yeah, uh, supplies, inputs, providers, outputs, and then consumers, mm-hmm. or it goes in a reverse and it's called a copus, right, which is a customer. Yeah, consumer. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And it depends on which way you, uh, which way your company works. If you right. have your customers first or your, or your suppliers first. Right, mm-hmm. right. In this particular instance, I had to do both. I had to figure out the uh, other perspective 
of the supplier who is the company and then i had to figure out the perspective of uh, right, the consumer. of the consumer and i had to walk through through the process what what happens when you first call and then what happens after that and then what's the output all of it right. and i had to go from this side okay what happens when you first get a call and then what do you do and then what happens and then what happens and i had to talk to <sighs> two people in these and figure out where there was a disconnect now i could see this part because i'll never go back to that company again but I milked that contract for six months longer than I needed to because I knew what the problem was as right. soon as I got it. But I just had to, you know, you know sometimes you got to yeah. do what you got to do. They were my first contract out of being in a job, and I actually used to work for that particular company. So mm-hmm. I felt like they uh, they owed me um, six months. <laughs> you had an advantage. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you got to uh, overcharge them for what they did to the Cold Crush. Oh, Shout out to the Cold Crush brothers. Shout out. Shout out. So how do you feel as though, like, when you first started out and you were saying, like, you had those, like, call center jobs mm-hmm. and things of that nature, being as though, like, now everything is, like, digital and things are yeah. digital, did you see yourself going exactly where you are now when you were there? I was kind of on on the cusp of that. So in these jobs, most of the jobs that I had, uh, now that I think about it, nobody ever asked that before, but now that I think about it, most of the jobs that I had, we were transitioning them from an analog strategy <laughs> into, strategy. yeah, it, into a digital strategy and i don't think i ever said this before but my first job at temple university was i worked in uh in undergraduate admissions okay and so if anybody's admissions got messed up don't blame me it's not, <laughs> if you was there around that time it's don't not my fault because i'm gonna tell you what uh, what, uh, what really happened right. so uh people can't see the room we're in but it was a room about this size mm-hmm. and there was file cabinets all around oh, yeah. it and it was full of folders so when you would uh, uh, uh uh, uh, when you would submit your application, mm-hmm. it would go into a folder and mm-hmm. filed under that letter. And it was the room. It was the hottest room I've ever been in in my life. But we were taking the folders one by one. Into those files. And entering them wow. into the computer. One by one. We would take the folder out, scan it, put it in the computer, and put it back. Jeez. And that was my job for my... Uh, uh, that was the first part of my job. Until so they realized that they were like grossly underutilizing my skill set and i did not belong in some file room but that was uh, that was the job so it uh uh, there was that and then there was the other company uh what can i say it was a health insurance company okay and we were taking the paper claims and putting them into Into a computer computer. system it's kind of yeah it kind of was the same thing and then i worked at a law firm and we were taking paper cases and putting them into a computer system so Uh at this particular time is when things were transitioning and that's kind of what put my focus on the digital Mm -hmm. stuff because i saw uh, what was happening and i wanted to kind of like um jump out in front of it Mm. and that's the beauty of like being like our age you know because we were a part of sitting outside playing and right. just creating and now having these video yeah. games definitely yeah. we definitely right, are like right. in that era like Absolutely. like you said just kind of being able to experience that transition um from analog to digital from yeah. playing outside to mm-hmm. video games Absolutely. um so Absolutely. that that was very Man, insightful these kids do not know anything about playing outside right <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's crazy manhood Cops and robbers, tag. Uh, we used to play Power Rangers back in the day. Anything, uh, anything, anything that be outside, jump rope. Anything. I thought the White Ranger was the dopest. Like, <laughs> I did. His too. whole getup was just the like that Ranger, premium. I guess because I'm a girl, obviously. The blue red, they oh, wow. did. <laughs> Shout out to Zach. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. <laughs> that All right, we are going to head out for a quick break. It's I'm your girl, sincerely, Jasmine. I'm your boy, Ed Hip, and we're here with Rashad, and we'll be right back.
Welcome back. You are now tuned into Cultural Behavior Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Hip. I'm Sincerely Jasmine. And we're sitting here with my man, Rashad. Sorry about that. So, so I want to know, bro, like, how did you get into marketing? Like, where did it start? Okay. Um, I'll give you the short version <laughs> of this story. There's you keep three... trying to give us the watered down give, give version. Give it. us the version. Okay. Like, okay. He's with the tea. Bring us um, the tea. <laughs> so... When I was, and I'm not, like, I really hope, hope I don't get nobody in trouble with this because they meant the best. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to preface this with they meant well. So my first, technically, my first company that I had was when I was 10 years old. Mm. Um, I used to, I grew up in a church, so I used to clean my mom's church. And the um, guy who was the uh, custodian, I was, like, I used to, like, uh, I just help him out because he was, like, an older dude. Right. And then he passed away. And they needed um, somebody to do it. So I was already doing it. So right. I kept doing it. I wasn't getting paid that much, though. Now I think about it, uh, they was, man, they was getting away with murder. I guess. <laughs> uh, so after a while, um, uh, I was doing that one that one church, and word kind of started to spread uh, to, like, other neighborhood um, churches, and they wanted me to come and do theirs, too. Oh, so wow. I would go there, but then it kind of got to be too much, and I had some other friends who didn't have jobs. So oh, wow. It's like, hey, y'all know how you do chores? Want to do Let that and get paid it. for it? <laughs> so. Wow. I kind of like spread out and we had, you know, uh, we uh, uh, we had a couple before I realized, not realized, because in retrospect, it was a pretty good business. And I, if I had kept that cleaning business up, I would have been doing pretty good. It would have saved me from doing uh, some other stuff. But um, it didn't last that long. Mm-hmm. It, it, it lasted a couple years until I realized I'm I'm not cleaning this. Or, yeah. or, or like cleaning wasn't cool. It was like, oh, no, right, I need something right. cool to do. Right. You, you um, grew into and, your teenage years. Yeah. And then around the time when I was like 12 or 13 is when I started on rapping or whatever. So, like, I was more focused on that. I'm like, right. I'm way too cool for this. I need a big chain, <laughs> right. a 7X T-shirt. <laughs> Some Tim's, like that's a, that's all I cared about. Don't let World um, Star run up on you. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, there, man, there was no World Star. If I, <laughs> I wish, I wish we had the internet back then because things would have been different. But but, uh, but then again, maybe not because I might. Uh, there would be uh, some things that I don't want to remember that oh, would have been recorded. So right, because right. um, <laughs> once it hit the internet, we just right, yeah, we, it lives it, forever. It's on the internet, it's it out lives there forever. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, then when I was fifteen. Uh, one of the old heads that uh, lived across the street from me in in uh, my neighborhood, he put me on to the wholesale game. Okay. Um, I was I didn't really understand where he had been all this time. Now I know that that he was in jail, but he came home. He, he mm. came back to the block, and I was I just so happened to be I was sitting outside that day, and oh, wow. and I saw him. And he was always just a cool, he just always was like, yo, get off the block, yo, go in the mm-hmm. house, yo, like, yeah, man, you don't need to be out here, there's nothing out here for you, right. all this stuff. Um, and he was gone for a minute, so I was I, I was up disobeying the rules. Right. <laughs> um, and when he came back, uh, I, I, I think I was sitting on the steps, and I saw him going in the house, and I said, what's up to him? And he was like, yo. Uh, and then he came back, I was like, uh, come here. I'm like, what's up? I was like, where you been? And he said something like, oh, I was traveling, uh, something like that. College. Yeah, 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 yeah. college. Um, and I had a bag in my hand because I think I was um, coming from the store. He's like, oh, what you got? And I was like, oh, I just went and went in and, uh, and I got a platter and I got some T-shirts. And he laughed. He was like, man, you still supporting them. Mm. And I'm like, well, uh, what do you mean? Like, right. what, uh, what's wrong with Miss Kim and them? And he, 
And he like, they ain't never do nothing for you. They uh, they don't care nothing about this neighborhood. Facts. And man, I was, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like 14, 15. I'm like, man, whatever. Is where I get my stuff from. Is convenient. convenient. It's literally right, right, right on the corner of the block. Right. Like I don't know why I would For not want to, you know, not not want to support them. They never do nothing to me. Right. Um, so he's like, listen, how much you think you spend with uh, 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 with them a week? And I'm like, uh, maybe around five or 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 like I'm ten dollars a day. He was like, all right, say that money. He's like, do you uh, do you got like uh, do you have that? And I'm like, yeah. And he was like, all right, I'm going to give you this address. I want you to go to this place. I want you to take that money and ask for the same thing that you would ask for there. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Now, at this particular time, the place that he sent me to was Fifth and Alany. <laughs> I'm from West Philly. Um, there, uh, there was no Uber. There was like, I, I had to catch like four buses, all two way, trains, right. all the mm. way up to Fifth and Alany. And I didn't even know what, but that's how much I trusted him because I just right. was like, all right, I'm going to go. I'll t- uh, I took the address, went. He told me to ask for Lee. I'm like, all right, I asked for Lee. The Asian dude comes out, was like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, I mean, Jamal told me to come here. I don't know I'm what I was supposed to say. I mean, right. He did, uh, <laughs> rest in peace, Maul. But um, he, he said, Maul told me to come here. And he's like, oh, you uh, you a friend of Maul? Okay. I'm like, all right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. I gave him the $70. And he came back with, I'm going to make another TV reference. Uh, you remember when, when, uh, when um when the Fresh Prince handed him Carlton the uh, Chictionary and it started glowing, oh yeah, like, that's how, <laughs> he came back with a box of T-shirts. Uh, like you thought you mo- was getting a pack. Uh, listen, <laughs> I didn't know. Yo, I had never seen that many T-shirts all right. at once, like mm-hmm. all white tees. And he was like, "Well, uh, what sizes do you need?" And I'm like, uh, "Man, Mix free size, because free size was was was, was the thing back then. Mm-hmm. As long as it was." Uh, the bigger the t-shirt the better right. so i was like i'll take all free size and it was lit um i had to carry that box back uh, back on the train mm-hmm. i got back around my way i took the box in the house i called my homies like yo y'all gotta come see this before i could even explain to them what was happening as soon as they were uh, my house used to be like the chill spot so they came in and i opened the box and they started handing me money before i could even say anything before i could even like mm-hmm. explain what was happening they started handing me money and i was like Ding! Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> like this a light bulb went off. I was wow. like, "Oh, now I get it. I uh, I understand now." Um, I started to like undercut them. I started selling them um, two for five because they were selling them uh, for seven dollars mm. each. So I started to, uh, um, and I was paying way less than that. So right. I started selling them off uh, for uh, for five dollars at first, and then I started selling them selling them uh, two for five, mm-hmm. and then I went back to my school. I started selling them oh, in, wow. in in my school. This is one of the funniest parts, and I like I'll never forget this. I ran out of space in in my locker because I used to use my locker as like a closet. Hold that. <laughs> so I ran out of space in my locker um, because I started adding other products to it and. And I get to that in a second, but I, but I had to rent like lockers, so I was paying um, five dollars a week rent to use. So so uh, the school I was in, I was in a bunch of motivation. Yeah, we That's had major, uh, uh, we had three floors. We had a uh, um, uh, we had lockers in the basement, lockers on the first floor, and then we had um, lockers on the, uh, on on the second floor. Mm. So I had to rent a locker in the basement, and I had to rent one on the third floor because I wow. needed to be if I had class downstairs, if I had class upstairs, right. I needed to be able to go in the hallway go get shirts or meet people at the locker or whatever. And I remember 147, that was my locker. Um, And uh, my locker was, 
maybe seven or eight lockers from uh, from the main office. Oh but, gosh! But I didn't know I was doing like I was doing like, nothing. Yeah, bad. yeah. I, like I didn't know I was doing anything wrong. I didn't know that that was illegal. I had right. had no clue. I, I just was a young entrepreneurial black right. man Clearly. trying to uh, trying to stay out of trouble. That's yeah. all. Um, the next part is how I kind of got in trouble. Uh, they had on vending machines there, and one day I was in class and I went to the vending machine. And I started looking at the prices. I'm like, man, this stuff is really hot. Oh man! And it, <laughs> and it wasn't that. And it wasn't fresh. Right. And I had a flashback again. I told you, I, I, I grew up in the church, and my mom was like an elder trustee or whatever right. the title was. So she had the BJ's card. Oh yeah. So I, uh, uh, that day after school, I had some money. I was like, Mom, can we go to BJ's? And she's like, For what? What, <laughs> what you into? <laughs> like, 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 yeah, <laughs> uh, I went to Soldier Boy, BJ. <laughs> BJ. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we can go. Um, I was like, I got an idea, and I just want to, you know, I asked her to, like, um, I wanted her to, like, invest with me. So I'm like, if you, if I'll, I want to spend this amount, can you match it and right. I'll give you your money back? Yeah, man, shout out to my mom because I definitely never paid her back. But, oh, wow. But, <laughs> but, but she mom. didn't stop shout supporting me. Uh, she never even asked me for the money. That's why. She, if, if she had asked me for it, I definitely had it. I made that money three or four times over, but yeah. but she never asked me for it. She, uh, she just was happy that I wasn't doing nothing else. Like right. right, right. Um, so I got candy. So, you know, uh, uh, this is the thing, and I've, I've been saying this lately only because I want my credit. I don't want credit for a whole lot of things, <laughs> but I want my credit for this. I went to BJ's. I got the chips. I had the hugs. I had on 50 cent hugs, and I got candy. And I... And, and I don't eat candy because I don't get high on my own supply. <laughs> but <laughs> I went and bought all I, I went and bought all this assorted candy, and I'm like, I don't want to be carrying around all this change. Right. I need to figure out a way to not have to carry around so change because I couldn't charge. Putting the candy in the plastic bag. I used to That's put what you're telling put me. all these candies together. I put them in plastic bags. and I used to sell it for a dollar. Wow. And it was way more than a dollar. We are sitting here with the Philly inventor, and the thing is, peddler, I really man. think it's a Philly thing. So we sitting here I'm with the saying. inventor <laughs> of put the fruities in a bag and sell it for fifty cents. And more than fruities though, because so 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 how I would do it because I was going to BJ's. Um, I would bust open the Starburst. I bust oh, open wow. the Milators, All that. They were getting like real candy, not like, and that probably made me not want to eat candy even more because I saw how people were acting over it. And I'm like, man, you would think I was selling drugs because they were like, like, is this laced? Yo, yo, I had a Nextel phone and people used oh to chirp me while About I was candy. in class. <laughs> oh my God. To meet them at the locker and like yo, I forget. I got my phone taken one day because somebody was like, "Yo, I'm at 147." I'm like, "No, no." 147 was really the spot. I'm in class right now. Can you? Can you like like? I'm trying to learn how to count all this money. Yeah, yeah, man. Got my phone taken. Wow. But um, yeah. Long story short, that got shut down uh because they thought I was selling drugs, and I I kind of expanded that one too. Same thing, same friends. Uh, we all uh, went to different high schools. I'm right. like, yo, I got this hustle. Is is it seemed to be working? If you can duplicate this in your school, I give you the same price I'm getting it for. I'm not gonna try to make no money off of y'all, mm-hmm. with y'all family. Right. And um, how can I tell this next part? Basically, man, somebody got caught and they told oh, on no. everybody. No. And oh, then no. I came out of class one day. And there was no door on 147. They took 147 the door off my was locker. Shut down. Swatted his locker. They, they took the door off my locker. No. And oh my gosh. I was walking towards the locker. So 
when you walking down the hallway, all the lockers kind of looked the same, mm-hmm. but I could see that something was different. Missing. And I looked. <laughs> as I got closer, I hit like a U-turn. And as soon as I hit that U-turn, uh-uh. maybe like a few other steps, I heard my name on the loudspeaker. And um, my uh, my dad wasn't around a lot when, uh, when I was growing up, but uh, my uncle, his little brother, was like my dad. I was scared to death of my Uncle Mike. Uh, rest in peace, Uncle Mike. I walked in that office, and before I even saw my mom, I saw my Uncle Mike. And mm. I was like, oh, this it's, is over. Not it's over. I'm like, listen, it's over. I couldn't even explain it because I knew that he wasn't trying to hear it. Like, right. if they made him come up to the school, like, it, it just wasn't good. And they explained, <laughs> like, they're like, yeah, your uh, uh, your son is operating an illegal business. And I'm like, wow. wait, time out. I know what it looked like, but that's there's nothing illegal about this. I sell it's candy, candy. T shirts and chips and they're like, Yeah, but you can't do that here. And I was like, Why not? This is where the people it? at. So, they never uh, tell listen, you that. Uh, listen, I'm like, why not? Y'all do it. Y'all got that high price vending machine. Why can't I do this? And my uncle just grabbed me. It was like, just, uh, just oh stop my talking. God. You don't get you, it. Uh, you making it worse. Like just uh, just stop talking. But how I actually got caught, and this is like not really important, but it's kind of important in case any kids listen to this and they and they want to try to duplicate this. How I got caught, they didn't really know what I was doing or they didn't know who was doing it. The person that got caught was in another satellite school. They were at another Bartram and they were right. in a smaller Bartram Human Services. Shout out to you, <laughs> Rico. But, <laughs> the, uh, the Rico of this situation is named not Rico. But, oh my um, God. How I got caught was when they would come and refill the vending machines every month. It right. usually was half empty, a quarter empty. Now they not it was completely full. <laughs> it was completely full every time. They and for like three months, partnership with Bartram. Uh, uh, for, like, uh, for like three or four months, they just had to come throw everything away because it was all expired, stale, all right. stale. Right. Even though I love Bartram and all, but a lot of that stuff was, was already, already stale. stale. I just want to throw it out You there. did stale. say that, so that's that why party I was thinking mix it was, was already stale. stale. Like, it was pretty stale. It was not a party in that. But mix, it was for stale, sure. stale by the time you yeah, started. Like, yeah, like real stale. <laughs> so could we give you credit for like being the first person that cared about what the kids intake in school? Just think about it. Before it was all health and stuff. Now he gave them fresh candy. <laughs> you know what I mean? They was killing us with them old honey buns and all that. Like Michelle Obama would not have been proud of that. What I truly appreciate is the fact that like that story you're still you're really an entrepreneur from day one like right. that story really that just 10? tells like just how it all unpeeled like i'm so happy you you were able to explain it because it's like a lot of people ask like how'd you get started or what you got you into this and it was like this was always a part of me like this was uh, always me uh, but you know what the bad part about that is is i didn't know what i was doing like that's one of the reasons why i'm so like hard on on like my children and why my like any person I I mentor whether it's a child or an adult I'm really strict on them and I and I try my best to be as available Mm -hmm. as possible because I remember not having a mentor and not having somebody who understood business to like advise me I'm getting advice from people who are career employees and that like it wasn't helpful it it was oh yeah you can do this because it's gonna look good on your resume uh, when you Mm -hmm. go get a job not like Yo, you could do this, and you could turn it into this, and you could right. do like like uh, they weren't encouraging me to right. be an entrepreneur. Right. Uh, they were encouraging me to go get another job, or 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 to go get a job. And I just I don't know. It, it's nothing wrong with having a job because if I hadn't spent those eight years in corporate, I wouldn't understand most of the stuff that I do now. Right. So I learned a lot of good lessons from it. But I just wish I had been more uh, more encouraged. Right. 
in entrepreneurship and that's why i try to be that person for uh, uh, uh for other people because i tell you straight up if you come to me with, uh, with an idea i'll say yeah this is great but yeah keep you? your day job like yeah. keep your uh, keep your day job until you work on this and, mm-hmm. and i didn't really leave my job together. and t- i didn't leave my my actual job until i could double my mm-hmm. um, salary my my bi-weekly check yeah. like if i if i couldn't like if i couldn't make more i wasn't leaving because i had benefits i had pretty right. much everything that i needed right. i just wasn't happy and, mm-hmm. and that's one of the most important things is that i was spending money like i was printing it like mm-hmm. i i was uh, my mom was not happy with that at all like i was <laughs> man i was going crazy like, like i was um I used to work downtown. I'm trying to think if I could see where it was. When I, okay, so I, I used to work on Ninth and Chestnut. Okay. In a building across from from a Jefferson Hospital. If you work there, then I mean you know me anyway. But now you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but um, I used to walk to the gallery every day. Right. <laughs> Literally every day at lunch, I would go to the gallery and go shopping. I had no Just like yeah. Uh, nobody told me save your money invest and i i think that's the biggest takeaway from this general story is just like if you if you're doing something make sure you're doing it with a purpose but you're not just doing it and seek advice exactly and and you you brought up mentorship that's very important too ask people rashad is here if you guys need a mentor because i feel like i want to reach out to him to be my mentor after this um but we're about to head to a quick break we'll be right back here at cultural behavior i'm your host sincerely jasmine and i'm your boy at hip and we're here with Rashad. Be right back. We are back to Cultural Behavior Podcast. And I'm your boy, Ed Hip. And I'm your girl, Sincerely Jasmine. And we are here with Rashad. And so I just wanted to quickly touch base on something that's kind of been, like, catching my attention these last, well, particularly the start of this year. Um, just the idea of, like, social media, uh, particularly social media influencers and, you know, like, artists particularly soldier boy uh, and like my general question Shout is just like big draco, d- big draco. <laughs> hopefully soldier we can get soldier boy on here <laughs> um, but time. honestly just talking about the idea of just like popularity numbers over skill mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like not necessarily a question but just a topic of discussion like do do we feel like we're accrediting people based off of their actual talents and you know what they've done or just like the current numbers or like you know like how how is the industry moving right now what you think about that man? i think a lot this <laughs> i mean it really uh, <laughs> so I have this, um, and I, I was trying to remember the quote exactly, but it's about uh, about success versus uh, um, versus um, uh, um, popularity. Right. And the one that I can remember is from uh, is from um, Frank Underwood, uh, a friend of the show called um, I'll call him House of Cards. And if y'all can't tell, I, I'm into pop culture <laughs> very heavily. All I remember is TV. Um, but he said uh, something about um, like power versus um, money. Like um, power, he said uh, money is is you know the new mansion that that's built, and then uh, you uh, you have a quick strike fire, and 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 it's burned to the ground. Right. But he said uh, he said um, power is is the uh, McMansion that's in Sarasota that's been standing for hundreds of years. Right. And, that, and and that's how I feel with this whole clout chasing culture mm-hmm. and all of these things. Um, 
I mean, we could talk about um Soldier Boy, or we could talk about um Six Nine, or right. we could talk about just, all it's these just different like people. A theme. Oh man, all of these different people that um it's really it's really sad that the talent is being overshadowed by all of the foolishness. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much talent Six Nine had. He just yelled a lot, but but we, I don't think we got a chance to see yeah. because he was so foolish and like and so we, out there that we didn't really get a stupid, chance no to. We didn't get a chance to see mm-hmm. if we like the talent or not, you know. Like, yeah. and that's kind of how I feel about a lot of a lot of people. It's like, are they skilled? <laughs> are they talented? Or are they just like in our face? But think uh-huh. about why we know him. Sorry, to cut yeah. you off. But think about why we know him. Like, did we choose this person because of their ability to actually reach, like, a particular audience? Right, or did we choose this person because they reached the audience by making a fool out of themselves? You know what I mean? And then by the time they try to, like, show you who they really are, we're not interested. You know what I mean? If you're not making a fool out of yourself, what was that one guy named? I cannot. What was his name? Uh, See, that's how it happens. Oh, my <laughs> like, goodness. Yeah, well, he used to yell something gang. I can't remember his name. I know who you're talking All about. All types of gangs. He, it, but no, I know, <laughs> oh I know who you're talking about. Gucci he, gang. He, he was a weird internet yeah. guy who would just like go into random places and do that really guy. outlandish oh, things. Yes, that's his name. Yep. See, but like that's just another Whitney. example of an influencer who's getting Whole a lot, lot of, of flower attention and just like I would see his videos and be ashamed. Like he really went into this McDonald's and stood on the counter or he yeah. really went in, like this is crazy the sad part about it is we only loved him when he was under the influence mm-hmm. you know because clearly he was on drugs yeah. and he was doing a lot of things that like tore him up as an individual mm-hmm. and his brand or whatever you, you know yeah. you want to call it and the minute he hopped on social media and said you know I'm done with doing XYZ where is he? I didn't remember his name. Right. You know, and yeah, I couldn't tell true. you who he was. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Then you compare it to an artist who, like, I'm thinking about Rico Havoc. He poured, like, pills in the toilet one time. And everybody appreciated where he was coming from with that. Because yeah, he wasn't out here making a fool out of himself because right. of drugs. It was just something he mixed in with what he do. You know what I mean? And right. we still listen to Rico. We still support him. You know what I mean? And it's like, then there's the other guy right. who was only known If your platform is built on chaos, right. can you have a brand or platform without chaos existing? And that um, kind of brings it back not. to Soulja Boy because Soulja Boy always been a little out there. Probably not. True. I mean, like I remember the beginning of his career. It was 05. And Crank That Soldier Boy. Um was I don't I don't even know it it, it was like before Crank That Soldier Boy but I mean uh, by the time Crank That Soldier Boy made it to radio in 07 that right. song was like three years old oh, right. but I remember seeing college students white college students on YouTube cranking that Soldier Boy um there was another group uh and they had this song called Do the Heisman but that was influenced mm. by by um Soldier Boy like having these dance these songs dances, yeah. having YouTube which was a visual uh, uh, this new um, visual medium right. is what made it so that these things could reach the height of popularity yes. and having a dance that went with the song kind of is what made um, Soldier Boy and A-Rab and mm-hmm. all his homies that don't even rap no more. They were right. just there just to support him, but right. they did it because now that you have this platform where uh, where uh, you can reach thousands, millions of people, and you're getting these millions of views, and you're making these little um, pennies off of YouTube, right. um, you have to use that to make money 
elsewhere. It's just right. like people that are, that are trying to sell music that's in a non-visual medium. Right. You, you don't really make any money off of streaming. So they're utilizing that to, to try to get popular enough then, yeah. so right. they can go on tour mm-hmm. or so they can go and do the Breakfast Club or so yeah. they can go to these other places and they're going to these places because they are larger platforms that mm-hmm. will get them more views and it makes people more interested. I really hate to bring this dude up, but Robert. Robert currently his documentary it basically like i was about to say who it, robert but yeah, okay yeah, got I, it I, 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 I was right with it. It. his people saw the documentary right people that are our age possibly or 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 i'll say my age we knew mm-hmm. we've seen the tape like we uh, we canceled dark kelly a long time ago right Damn, i said it uh, but but we'll that out yeah Beep. yeah but when this comes out, there are a whole nother generation who have yeah, never been exposed to Robert. So now that they see this, they're like, well, why did this guy last this long? I need to go find out. So they're going on YouTube yeah. and looking up his videos and yep. going on and going on streaming services and playing his songs. And now next thing you know, his music is up 432% yeah. over what his normal stuff is because people are curious. And sometimes that is the downfall. Like if you if you seriously think about the type of mind that you have to have to be curious about that. Like yeah. there are uh, right. uh, there are people who saw that and went looking for the tape. Like that right. like this is right. this is X. the world that we live in and when we got people like Vlad, I mean I I know I know, I know Star probably going to hear this. I know I'm not supposed to talk about Vlad. But Vlad is a cancer to hip hop. Like he is one of the reasons why people are doing this type of stuff because he based his platform off of buffoonery. Like off of people just going on there and saying, regardless of what they're saying, they go in and do a show just like your show. And then he he takes it and he cuts it it up up. into some nonsense. And the next thing you know, they're like, wait. Take that one little clip and And make it go viral. And and because it's so popular, they don't want to go back and say, no, that's not what I meant. Or that's not what I meant. Right, right. They just let it rock. I just run with it. Check out my interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just let it rock. Like, if you look at people like, you know, if like Soldier Boy, like he, he, he utilized these platforms to try to sell this game console because uh, nothing was moving. Right. Like when 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 uh, when nothing is moving, there are conversations that most of the public are never going to be privy to that happen behind closed doors. For sure. What can we do to get this back when, up in No, 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 no. It's not what can we do. It's what are you going to do <laughs> to get this popping? Yeah. I, I saw this video of um of uh of a Bobby Schmurda before he got signed. He was in in some conference room dancing on the, the conference table. table and I'm like right. this is like crazy like, like what, what? And, I, and 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 i remember uh uh not kodak black uh black youngster mm-hmm. he was doing uh doing the same thing uh before he put out the booty song right. he's in the conference room With all the these people screaming. sitting around uh, around the table and he dancing and all that because trying to you know trying to sell it to them like like trying to uh, like trying to sell it and those are the sort of things that people feel like they have to do or they don't feel like is what is what the viewing public has made a necessity for you to sell music or for you to become a popular artist. If we want to take it local, you look at somebody like um, Quilly. Quilly, I don't even know where he was. If he was in jail or I'm something I'm not like sure that. where he was either, but, but we definitely know that he's he came, back. But he, <laughs> well, well, yeah, he came home or came back or whatever, came yeah. home from college, I guess. Um, <laughs> and he's been doing ridiculous stuff. Making and a if fool it wasn't for that, 
we wouldn't even know that he was he still, still around. Alive, yeah. His videos are being reposted mm-hmm. and people are screenshotting his 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 Old his lives and all this other stuff. Um and it's I don't even know if he put out new music recently, but it seemed like he transitioned from like a rapper into a comedian. And I remember when he was like an actual rapper and people were like saying that, him. that he was the next up. I don't know about that, but, but uh, people <laughs> were us. Uh, well, uh, people were saying that he was the the he, you know he he was the next guy out of Philly. Right, he right. was working with all the right people, and then he just disappeared. And now this is how people how he makes his resurgence. But it's based off of people like Soldier Boy and Six Nine. Right, and that's so true. Who may who sh- have shown that this is the way. Like like oh oh how you get oh this home. works. But what they don't realize is that behind the scenes of that, there are there are people who are creating these memes. There right. are people who are do- like all of this stuff is like it's like contrived. Um, I'll tell you a quick story that I don't know if it's public. So if somebody starts swinging through the window <laughs> or you see a red dot or uh, whatever. Uh, uh, so Madonna has this company. It's called Dance On. Have you heard of it before? I anybody, anybody, no. anybody heard of it? Um, did you hear that song, Whip Nene? Yeah. Uh, you remember who it was by? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. No, no not So at Whip all. Nene was by this guy named Silento. Right, yeah. Silento. Who was a low-budget version of soldier boy yeah and they found this kid they dressed him up he was not an artist he didn't have any other music they gave him this song that somebody wrote and what a madonna's company dance on does is they create viral sensations oh wow um so just think about that and think about all the things that you've seen over time that seemed like they were real and organic and think about now knowing that she that there's this company that literally creates it's programming this stuff. Wow. Not Who only knew? do they create the memes, they create the dance, the, the song. dances, the songs. They shoot the video. They get other popular people to repost the video. They get people to repost the song. They get them on like Good Morning America and all these, and they really create viral sensations. Mm. What uh, what was Silento's um, second song? He had a second song? Was there another one? I don't think there wasn't a second had, song. It, it never Is his happened. name still that? Or he he doesn't exist anymore. He never existed. He never existed. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He never existed. He's not like, he. I mean, he's a real person. Yeah, I'm saying, but, but he's not. His, his purpose was isn't. that Whip Nene song was Crank That Soldier Boy. 2016. 0.5 because yeah. I don't even want to want to call it 2.0 but 0.5 <laughs> when, uh, when you got people like Hillary Clinton and all these other people that are like on TV doing, doing, uh, doing the whip yeah. like uh, you right. uh, you can see that this is like why is she not singing Jay Z so why is she not singing and these other things like it is whatever is popular at, at that particular moment people jump on that once that moment was uh, was over uh, I think at one time he had the most streamed video in the history of YouTube it's still if you look it up now it's got billions of streams mm. him and him and a the guy that made uh 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 they made them Gangnam Style and, mm-hmm. and oh, people wow. thought that you know, uh, 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 people thought that he was a new artist. Psy is the guy that made Gagum Style. Psy got 13 albums. Like, that just was What? One, yeah, uh, that uh, that was just one song that wow. they decided was the, was, was the one, one that they yeah. wanted to make the viral sensation. And it was everywhere. Opa Gagum Style. I don't even know what that means. Right? I, no I don't even that think means. that's English. I didn't think it was killed. No, it's definitely not English. Right. <laughs> I'm, saying, it's definitely I'm like, what is this? Like, I have yeah. no clue what that means. But, but I think, like, all in all, that trying to, like, answers the question where it's like, 
in in today's time you don't necessarily have to have talent yeah. to uh be popular right, like right, you know right. in this this world of yeah, if you want to last and, though if you oh, yeah. if you want longevity you have to have talent exactly. because well, once all of that wears off if your music is not good the followers yeah. will go mm-hmm. like you know the likes will go the views will go yep. well we're going to head to a quick break we'll be right back you're here with cultural behavior i'm sincerely jasmine and i'm at hip and we're here with rashad hey. stay tuned you are now back to cultural behavior i'm your girl sincerely jasmine and i'm at hip and we're here with our brother Rashad. And honestly, like, I really genuinely appreciate all the gems that you dropped on us. Mm-hmm. And like being our first guest, like this was so insightful. Like thanks, I, I like I don't know how Ed feel because Ed already smart, but I was able to <laughs> already I was able to take a lot of stuff in. So I genuinely appreciate you for sitting down with us today. Here. Um so tell the people where they can find you. Obviously, everybody wanna reach out to you so you can mentor them. <laughs> uh you can find me at uh, RashadLambert.com SportyMarketing.com uh, At King Underscore Spit Because if thou uh, doth not Proclaimeth thyself a king who shall um, <laughs> at, at Sporty Marketing At Forbes The Culture uh, At Lambert Legacy Charities yes. At <laughs> other stuff Just go to your favorite uh, search engine And just type in um, Rashad R-A-S-H-A-A-D Lambert L-A-M-B-E-R-T And pick whatever you want to. In other words He's saying just Google me I didn't say that <laughs> He was I trying to be so just, humble Just Google me Your favorite <laughs> is the most reliable Google And just right. type my name in Whatever you like <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Cultural Behavior You can obviously follow us Cultural Behavior on Instagram Instagram um, and tune in next time. Yep, and I'm your host, Ed Hip. And I'm sincerely Jasmine, and thank you for taking a seat at the table. See you guys next time. Yep.